Welcome to the Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We're the three man weave in its conference tournament season. It's in full force. It's Monday, March 7th. There's only 10 games today, fellas, but they're good ones. They're great ones. We're going to talk about them. But first, Jim, we were off. No, we were on yesterday. What am I saying? Lots of great games on Sunday. Some uh, tickets punched to the big dance. What did you see in particular? What do you want to call out? Yeah, well, today, Kai, quality over quantity for sure mm-hmm. today. I'm going to swoop in and steal what I'm sure is Matt's takeaway. Arch Madness. We had a heck of a game. Yeah, you know, Matt's a little, takeaway. You rat. You know, you Matt's rat. probably a little salty about that one getting right outside his plus five. That was that was painful to watch. But it's a great game. Loyola kind of showed back up with the, uh, the, the team them with in the Missouri Valley. Drake gave a game effort, but Kai, maybe, and Matt, maybe DJ Wilkins' absence showed up a little bit. They needed maybe yeah, one more shooter. Um, so uh, cheers to Loyola and bubble teams everywhere. Breathe another little sigh of relief just because they don't have to worry about Loyola. Yeah, they dodged two bullets, the Murray State Moorhead bullet and then the Loyola Drake bullet there in the title of Arch Madness, Kai. Uh, my takeaway, holy Chattanooga. This team is good. I saw some Uh-oh. people on Twitter shooting with what? You hyping this up? Is this going to be a letdown? I'm not going to jinx it. No, stop it. Nope, nope, nope. Because, hey, yesterday what I adopted behind the scenes was an irrational confidence toward our bets. I was boasting about how well your Northeastern Huskies were competing. You lashed out at me. And sure enough, Bill Cohen's boys competed to the final buzzer. Mm -hmm. We got ourselves a cover there. So I'm trying to completely shift my mindset, my paradigm, how I look at my bets, Kai. Um, But, hey, Nuga, they're all the way legit. They dominated Citadel first round, dominated yesterday. I love this Furman team, but I think Nuga is just in a different class. So I'm looking to bet them again when they pop up on our slate tomorrow. Matt, sorry, wish, today. Excuse me. Yeah, that's today. Wish, yeah, today. I wish you'd had more rational confidence in my my over and my under that got really dinged yeah. by shooting splits. I did not yeah. expect the Sun Belt teams to go 21 of 41 from beyond the arc. That was that was painful. Uh, but oh well. My my takeaway, guys, uh, as Pete pointed out, because I have to mention it, Nebraska beat Wisconsin and. Yesterday, I think we all said, at least I did, that that was impossible. There was no way it would happen. I mean, sure, Johnny Davis got hurt, but my God, uh, they probably should still not have lost Nebraska. As a result, and as a result of Illinois' win, Wisconsin falls to the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Illinois gets the one seed. I think they're above Purdue. You're right. right, right. Yeah, they split the the championship there. I love the Illinois court rush, by the way. Always rush the court. That's my takeaway there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get into conference games. I'm glad we only have conference tournament games today. Uh, they're my favorite. I tend to totally ignore the regular season when we get to this point because these games are so much yep. more intriguing. They rock. And Matt, we're going to start off with San Francisco versus Gonzaga. San Fran, feeling good. Got the win over BYU. My take, they're fat and happy. They know they're dancing. Yep. Gonzaga wipes them off the floor. Your take. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, it's been bet up to 14. It's opened at 12. I think people are seeing the same angle we are, Kai. Um, I think it's a little bit rich, Jim. Matt, I took Jim. 12. You took 12. Jim's really sharp, guys. Uh, professional sports <laughs> handicapper, Jim Root, to my left. I took it at 13, so I guess I'm a hybrid square slash sharp triangle there, whatever you want to, whatever shape you want to concoct in your head to think of me as a hybrid smart square, Kai. Um, I can't conceive an angle where you bet the dots here, Jim. I just can't. I think they think they're in. I think they're, as Kai mentioned, and definitely in cruise control. Um, they just want to keep this game. And I, I guess the one angle you maybe could make in the case of the Dons is that they don't want to blow out to stain like the last taste in the committee's mouth as they assess their performance. But that's such a nitpick. I would take Zag still, um, even at the higher number. 
Yeah, I mean, I can tell you with 100% certainty from sitting in the Todd Golden Presser, they believe they're 100% in that. I don't think they care about any sort of blowout here. Uh, they and they treated, I, I think, that that win as though it was like the clincher. So I'm, yeah, the emotional letdown is potentially a, an issue. Gonzaga is off a loss. I think there's a decent to good chance that Yawan Nasalski does not play. Uh, we're working on uh, working with a, a bang knee. I don't think they want to force it with the NCAA tournament on the horizon. So all those kind of things lead me to Gonzaga. That said, it did get bet up two points. So Kai, I'm going with first half minus eight as my best bet here. I, I just Gonzaga angry off the loss. Don's fat and happy. I think it's too yeah. ripe of an angle to ignore. So give me the Zags first half minus eight. Yeah, I'll just put a little cherry on top here. Zach uh, Gonzaga won by sixteen in both games. They played San Francisco, and the Don's put up a pretty damn good fight. I mean, they were yeah. not laying over. They put they played really well and still lost by sixteen in both games. So I do think this is a Gonzaga beatdown. Jim, love your first half best bet angle there. Let's move on. The other, the other WCC semifinal matchup here is St. Mary's and Santa Clara. Mary's favored by five. Santa Clara Jim beat the Gales this year. They could not be stopped inside. They do have a lot of length, and Jalen Williams has turned into a star. I just don't like to bet against Randy Bennett in a tournament setting. What say you? Yeah, that's probably the biggest concern here. Um, I was mega impressed with Santa Clara. The, I, I stuck for the first half of the Portland game, and it was like a 20-point game already, so I did not stay for the very late. I mean, it tipped off at like 11 p.m. local time here. It was crazy. Uh, so I didn't stay the whole time, but they're huge, Kai. They, they, were, they, they gave yep. me the hop off the bus passing mm-hmm. that test. Uh, maybe it was you know a stark contrast compared to <laughs> Portland, who is decidedly not huge, uh, but – I was, I was very impressed with the execution of Santa Clara. I, I think they can definitely compete with St. Mary's. Uh, so I'm leaning towards the, uh, the, the Broncos as the underdog here, but you, you expressed concern, Randy Bennett. That's probably what stops me, Matt, from actually laying a wager on this one. Yeah, I was actually leaning the other way, Jim. I wanted to back my gals here, but it's been bet up to five, five and a half, and I'm just not in any rush to take them, especially off the um, – the cloud nine win against Gonzaga. I mean, they were up 17 in that game to hold Chet and drew to a combined 12 points. So this front, this front line is no joke, but Jim, you mentioned, I think that's why Claire has had success in the two meetings with St. Mary's. They basically play them to a stalemate is because that is the, the foundation of their team is that front court uh, buoyed by some re- health rejuvenation late in the year. Kai, all that said, I was looking at the under potentially open at 141, then bet down to 138. We'll talk about some of the other under massive steam moves that we've already seen today in the other championships and semis. Um, but again, I don't want to hop in at 138. So stay away, fence rider for me. Yeah, I'm highlighting the defenses here. St. Mary's defense is just locked down. You mentioned it, Gonzaga. St. Clara's not as good. I think St. Mary's can pick them apart a little bit, as they did in both games, by the way. Um, they, they did split the season series, but St. Mary's scored pretty much at will in both contests. I think the spread feels pretty right. I do lean towards the dog. St. Mary's is definitely in the tournament. They know it. <clears throat> Santa Clara, they need to win the WCC tournament. So if you want to go for a little motivation angle, it's hard to believe Santa Clara would win this game outright, but I do think there's a little bit of value on them at plus five right now. Moving on. Horizon time. Going to hit both semifinal games here. Above the mob break. Look at the, the horizon respect. Above the full, baby. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, we're saving the championship games for after the uh, below the fold, as Matt likes to say. Wright State, Cleveland State, guys, the two favorites heading into the year, meeting one round too early, some might say, Matthew. Wright State looks a little bit better down the stretch. Impressive comeback against Oakland on Thursday. That's right. The first, the last game was Thursday in this tournament. Crazy break. 
Cleveland State hasn't been as good, and Dennis Gates got all weird with the rotations and some discipline issues. I, I don't really know what happened there. Matt, what do you see in this game? Well, I'm looking at what happened in the two regular season meetings between these two. Uh, Cleveland State swept the regular season series. I think there's something to the stylistic matchup that gives the Vikings an edge. We've talked about how there's some historical data that supports um, the notion that if you beat a team twice in the regular season, you have a slight edge in that third matchup. I think that actually holds in a, in a spot where um, Scott Nagy, head coach of Right Say, has talked at length about how teams have figured out how to stop their offense. You can just zone them, and it really takes away the Raiders' bread and butter on offense. Cleveland State, one of the better zoning teams um, in the horizon. They have length. They have athletes that they can disrupt passing lanes. They can um, you know, just make things uncomfortable for Grant Basile and Tanner Holden, those other dudes that you know, can kind of score multiple areas for the Raiders. So I get why the Vikings had success in both meetings this season, Jim. I've been looking to back by the right state in this tournament, though. So um, for that reason, I ultimately stayed away. Even though the matchup leans Cleveland State, my gut leans right state. Net cancels out. Yeah, I'm I'm not totally sold that the matchup is entirely this like monsoon heavy uh, Cleveland State thing. The first game happened when Wright State had no clue what they were doing defensively, like pre yeah. pre yeah uh, that was New Year. Yeah. They were just in a world of hurt at that point. The second game, Matt, Cleveland State forced them to turn it over 26 times, 35 percent of their possessions. Wright State was just punting the ball into the stands. I don't think that'll repeat, um, but that is a, you know, they can pressure. That, that is not like, like Cleveland State's going to try to make it repeat. Uh, I just think Wright State's a little more poised at this point. Uh, so on a neutral floor, Kai, I am actually leaning towards the Raiders, pulling the upset as the four seed, even though it is like a pick them minus one game. Yeah, they're favored. <laughs> yeah. So, so they were. Yeah. yeah. Leaning towards the Raiders, but not betting it because, yeah, there are some matchup concerns with the zone and, and the, uh, the pressure that Cleveland State's going to bring. Yeah, Wright State shot poorly in those in those two games against Cleveland State. Ten for thirty six combined from three in those two games. Not great. Uh, both coaches, hey, Kai. That's that's what the two teams shot in my over yesterday. Ten for thirty five uh, from. Uh, I see you're still yeah, sore tough, about Jim. that. Jim. that a little bit tough, sore. Jim. I'm a little sore. That was tough. Uh, both teams, both coaches have won this tournament recently. Gates won it last year. We we know. Uh, uh, Wright State's coach, Jesus Nagy, Nagy. Scott Nagy. We know Nagy's won this a couple my times. Guy. Uh, it's pretty even I'm going with the Raiders. I'm sticking with my guns from the preseason where I thought they would win this league. Um, got to do that in a conference tournament setting. I think moving on the next horizon game on the horizon, Northern Kentucky versus Purdue Fort Wayne, Jim Fort Wayne is the hottest team in the horizon. Probably still a little undervalued. says I 10 straight wins eight and two against the spread Northern Kentucky 13 and two straight up and against the spread last 15. Uh, I will save my take for the end here, but what is your take? Yeah, I mean, you could argue these these are you know, both the two hottest teams because yeah. Northern Kentucky hasn't lost to anyone not named Detroit in like two months either. Uh, so a, a weird matchup where, Kai, the, the other two were the favorites entering, but these are definitely the two hottest teams. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Purdue Fort Wayne's numbers against zones, and it you know it's not great. They're in it's the not great. I saw that too. Yeah, surprising. Uh, yeah, per synergy. But yeah, they're they're loaded with shooting. You'd think they would be terrific. Matt, they did, maybe they kind of lack a guy to throw at the free throw line. The the guy that can catch their turn square, knock down a mid-range yep. jumper, spray the ball around. They're more based around dribble drive penetration. That's how they yes. get their open threes. Um, so I mean, Matt, you can talk about the first matchup between these two. Purdue Fort Wayne couldn't score. That that was basically the issue. 
I think that's right. They have shooting, but I think they create those shots off driving kick and the zone sort of negates and thwarts that whole action. It makes them, it turns guys like Jared Goffrey and Pipkins and Chong Kui, who are just master, like in, inventive ball handlers. They can get into creases in defense. They drive kick. They all play so well off one another when they're in like that, that fluid motion, but in the zone turns them into standstill passers and catch spot up shooters. And that's just not really their strength. But Jim, I think the thing with this Mastodon team that we've been snoozing on is how good their defense has been. It's the best defense on the horizon. They turn people over. Um, I know Northern Kentucky's got a pretty sound backcourt, but you know, they're relying heavily on a freshman who I love, by the way, Sam Benson. I think he's going to be a star in this league in a year or two. Um, certainly in a high pressure situation, it's a backcourt that can cause some disruption of their own. I like the under a lot in this game, but speak of one of those games that just got absolutely murdered to the under um, impossible for me to endorse right now at a price where it opened at what 137. Actually, it's down to 134, not as low as I thought it got down like 133 or 132. Um, but still pretty low for two teams that can get hot from three. Yeah, these two teams split the season series. That first game was a long time ago. Um, I think a lot of people forgot about that, but Fort Wayne did win. First matchup, oh, I, no trade. I, I, I forgot about it. So there you go. Yeah, no Trayvon Faulkner that game for NKU. They had 18 turnovers. I, I, I think Fort Wayne can turn them over. They're pretty sloppy with the ball in Northern Kentucky, and they can stand up to their glass attack. Uh, I love the Dons in a tournament setting for their shooting ability, sure. Their best three-point percentage in the league. Nearly half their shots are threes, but mostly because of their game-breaking backcourt. Godfrey, Pipkins, Chonqui, that is what March is about. Awesome guards who can score whenever they want. That's Fort Wayne. They are a tournament darling in the making here. Best bet, Fort Wayne, plus two for me today. Boom. Love that cat. Boom. Hey, hey mention uh, Mr. Deontay Billups, sixth man of the year in the horizon. They're, they're loaded in the backcourt, like four legit, legit guards that can all score off the bounce. Yep. Yeah, I agree. They rock. Now we can do chat mob part one, or we can save it to the end. So there are only two games that are not on this outline. Let me get a quick vote. Kai, Bet. this is me Jim. holstering my gun. Holster. Yep. Let's holster it. We're I holstering agree. the two games till the end here. All right. That means next game we're going to talk about matt is a doozy it is the socon championship it's chattanooga it's Furman. nuga swept the season series short-handed no john baptiste the first game no d'souza or hankson in game two they have a big edge inside matt but jalen slauson gives Furman a huge edge on offense 23 points per game in the two matchups against chattanooga this year who do you got yeah, I mean, so Slauson's just been awesome, right? I think he was defensive player of the year in this conference. Yep. But the problem is that he, with the way Chattanooga's constructed, you either need to kind of put pick your poison. You need to stop their interior attack or you need to stop those game-breaking guards. And Slauson's kind of stuck in no man's land, right? Like he's a great matrix-type defender, but he's not big enough to really shut down DeSousa and a Yeni. Uh, and I guess Hankton to lesser extent up front. He's also not really a guard that can be slotted on Malachi Smith. And Jean Baptiste. And I think that's why Nuga's had success in the regular season against the Paladins, Jim. The, the Paladins are Dins. Um, what, is it Paladins or Paladins? What is it? We always forget. It's Paladins. 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 I didn't know you didn't know which one it was. No, it was a bit. Then I forgot, like, wait, what's my bit? Is it Malachi? Is it Malachi? The whole thing. Um, but anyway, Jim, I, I do think Nuga, Nuga has a real has edge a, in this game. Nuga has a Malachi. So. Nuga has a Malachi. I actually got that one right. Um, but Jim, the steam up to two and a half Nuga. I'm going to hit Furman, but hits three. I think that's way too high. I've been a Nuga guy all year, but Nuga minus three against Furman. I think I'd take Furman plus three. Yeah. I'm not betting it, Matt. Uh, but I do think Chattanooga has some serious edges here, as you noted. Uh, Slauson is a great versatile defender, but he is not standing up to big men, like you mentioned. No. Uh, <clears throat> Kai, we both watched that game against UNC. And while D'Souza is no Baycott, 
I mean, he, he is a much bigger dude, can bully Slauson around inside. Uh, the other tough edge for Furman here is I think Bothwell has always dominated as like a physical just uh, pound you guard, get into the paint and, and draw contact. And Chattanooga's guards are bigger and stronger than him. So yeah, he doesn't foster have too. Same, same kind of, of same kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. So they lack that kind of edge. Uh, I think uh, Nuga's got guys to chase around Garrison and Foster and uh, um, Hunter around the perimeter. So I, I just think it's a really tough matchup, kind of the same way Wofford was. Uh, Nuga's biggest slip-ups in the league were when they like kind of lost focus against inferior competition. So I'm riding the mocks to complete the season sweep here, Kai, but I'm not going to lay that price where it's at now. Yeah, I, I love that. And similar with Purdue Fort Wayne. Chattanooga has two game-breaking guards, killers, and Smith and John Baptiste, they can score in late game situations. I looked up the post up defense for Furman. Yes, yeah, Slauson's a great shot blocker, great help side shot blocker. He's not a good post defender one on one. D'Souza can have his way with him. Um, he is the five man. That's what makes Furman's de- uh, offense hard to stop. They play five out, everyone can shoot on the floor. But Chattanooga Gym with those long wings, those athletic wings, such a size advantage there. They do really well guard, uh, defending the perimeter, and they have in both games against Furman. So, I love both teams, so win-win for me. But I think it's Nuga's year. I think they get it done. Can I throw in one more thing? I forgot. Of course, a good, a good angle. I mean, Nuga cruised yesterday. They, yes. they did not. Yep. They were not stressed. And Furman played an absolute war against Samford, like knockdown, dragout fight that had some crazy stuff happening in the final minute. I think that helps Nuga a little bit be more ready for this one. Agree. And the game one too against Citadel, they were pretty much. And they had that game won by the half. I'd argue so. Yeah, I think they're going to be well rested. They have the rest advantage. I think today. All right, next game, Sunbelt Championship, Louisiana versus Georgia State. And, Jim, this is fitting. Uh, I know these are your two top preseason teams. These are my top two preseason teams. So, of course, they, they both make the championship here. Massive disappointments during the season. Finally playing better. Who you got? Yeah, Kai, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back and basking in me, uh, going on Visa and giving out plus 2,000 on Louisiana and plus 400 on Georgia State. And here they are meeting in the final, and I get to just sit back and watch my futures go at each other. Uh, so I would probably not wager on this game because I have those. But I think there's some decent edges for Georgia State. Uh, Louisiana has bullied teams inside, Matt. And you can't really do that with Georgia State, with Soseme and Thomas. Like, they have legit size inside uh, that that has been a big part of their defense so far in this tournament. Uh, and the guard shot making, I think, is, is relatively equal. Maybe I trust Georgia State's a little bit more. They've gotten hot lately. Uh, but, Matt, what I do love here is the under. And like you mentioned with yes. several other games, it has been hammered down. It's like four points below where it opened. Oh, my God, it's down to 132 and a half. It's like uh, the so- biggest move I've seen in a tournament under in years i was looking at the data this morning it's insane so it's like five just, and a half six points down but i'm still locking in best bet under because i'm not scared i am not a baby uh i'm taking under 132 here uh yesterday like i said the the georgia state app state game was slow they just had crazy crazy shot making over 50 percent combined from deep by both teams uh that was the one thing that pushed it over the total so i'm gonna ride the under once again i think this could be like 54 to 50 Uh, That would be a wonderful result. No stress at all. Uh, But Matt, that's what I'm doing. Riding the under. Yeah, I agree. I think a key thing with that or to that handicap is just the fact that both teams have like embraced their big man identity and like they're really playing through them. There's really no, uh, I don't see the same like assertiveness to push the, the, the ball in transition. I mean, look at this total just close 141 and a half. They played on 
February 25th. So now it's down basically 10 points, but that game was 123 point game. So um, I, I think the odds makers have finally caught up to the fact that this is a, the way these two teams match up, the way they're trending, plus the back-to-back situation, the conference title game, all that kind of adds up into a holy cow line move. But I'm with Jim. I think there's still value, even at this terribly beaten down price. Uh, Georgia State swept the season series. I think they're just a tough matchup for Louisiana. If their zone looks, they're, they're nails. Um, Louisiana, 12 for 22 in game one from three, just 11 for 33 inside. I mean, they, Georgia State kind of has the roadmap to combat Jordan Brown, Akuba. Now, Louisiana is going to grab a ton of offensive rebounds. They definitely did in both matchups, but Georgia State's going to force a million turnovers. We know how sloppy Louisiana can be with the ball. God, if yes. this gets in late game clutch situations, I trust Georgia State's guards way more. I think it's their game. I think there's value on the number for Louisiana right now, three, three and a half. But uh, I, I think it's Georgia State. Louisiana's been impressive, three straight wire to wire wins, but I can't trust them in late game situations. And I thought I like Georgia State here to win. Only 10 turnovers yesterday for my Cajuns. How about that? Woo! Hey, yeah, round of applause. Not for them. really a pressure defense. <laughs> uh, uh, Troy, yeah. Oh, yeah, Troy well, can. Troy. Yeah, Troy can pressure, but you're right. I still, hey, a round of applause for my Cajuns. <laughs> All right, next game. North Dakota State versus Oral Roberts. We're going to hit two summit games here. The popular and fun pick, Matt, is going to be Oral Roberts, but I kind of think North Dakota State gets it done. What do you think? Eileen or Roberts watched him play last night, completely sold by what that team is now. Um, Isaac McBride is just like an awesome Robin next to Asmus. And then Elijah Luf- or uh, Lufiel up front. Lufile. Lufile, thank you. Canadian accent or Canadian twang to that is an absolute physical specimen. Jim, we and you were gushing about him in our group chat. Um, he wasn't great defensively. He let Tanel Pearson get his on the other end too. But I think they have that inside punch now to basically add another counter to the perimeter shooting, which we know if Oral Roberts is hot, they're not going to be beat by anybody. But now they have like a more consistent way to manufacture points efficiently inside with Lufile uh, finally healthy. He basically has been a shell himself to start the year. Now he's back at full strength. He's an absolute man child. Um, and I think he's a difference maker, Kai, even with a North Dakota State team, which just got back Grant Nelson, who's also been an X factor for them. A lot of fascinating components here. I do lean Oral Roberts. Problem is the market's been all over it, though. It's already been bet down to minus one, I believe. Yep. I lean Oral Bob too, Matt. And Lufile is a huge reason why. He played seven <clears throat> minutes in the first game. 17 in the second and yesterday he's the last two games he started and played 27 28 minutes uh he uh, jordan majeski is pointing this out he like nearly fought the north dakota state bench after the game ended last time i think he's going to be <laughs> dialed uh, and that was the difference like they didn't have interior defense in those first two games he's actually around to give them a presence like he, he is big enough to body up against cruiser or against grant nelson i think they needed that didn't have it the last couple games uh, and Matt, we still get Max. I, I don't want to bet against Max Aceman's shot making yeah, in this tough. tournament. Mm. That is terrifying. Uh, so yeah, I, I would lean Oral Roberts on the side. Uh, don't have a strong take on the total here, Kai. Uh, <clears throat> so Nodak State did sweep the series, but yep. Oral Roberts was ice cold both games. Credit maybe a little bit to the North Dakota State defense, but still can't really bank on that again. And they North Dakota State was also pretty hot. Probably regresses. No second chances for Oral Roberts. North Dakota State is an excellent defensive rebounding team uh, that that's kind of an edge there. I know um, we're, we're talking about Lufile um, being a huge presence, but North Dakota state's big man. Cruiser, I think still has a bit of an advantage there. I am also scared to go against Ace Miss. There's no answer for him. We know how good he can be in a tournament setting. I think it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be a fun game, but I think I'm going to go against the grain here and, and say North Dakota state wins it. 
I love that these are the two worst defenses in the country at forcing turnovers. 357, 358. Yes. So you're going to have some efficiency going on out there. Beat us is what they both say, which is maybe, great. Maybe, maybe a little over. Take a little, little, shots. little over lean over. Maybe in this game. Possibly. Uh, last summit game here, South Dakota State for South Dakota. Jim, I need our Jack Bunnies in the dance. I need our Jack Bunnies in the dance. Their 78th in Kempom actually dropped 10 spots yesterday after beating Omaha by just 10 points. <laughs> what do you think about this game? That's that's a silly move this late in the year. I, I mean, I get it. I get, oh, they only won by 10. Right. But tournament setting, I, it's, it's tough. The dogs aren't going to quit. They're not going to roll over the way they would in the regular season. Um, man, yeah, I, I still continue to be mystified by the fact that South Dakota State had the best defense in the league. Like, I think that yeah. that really jumps out. Not something you expect from them. Um, and they also, they play inside out. Like, the three-point percentage numbers are what jump off the, the, the page. You're like, whoa, they never miss threes. But it's because of the way they get them, Matt. They play in out. They've got multiple interior scores between Apple, who had a 40-point game to end the year. 40-burger. Dougie Wilson's terrific, a tough matchup for basically anybody in this league. Uh, and that produces really quality outside shots. Uh, South Dakota is very well coached, but uh, they are playing the back-to-back, whereas South Dakota State uh, had the day off. Uh, so I'm leaning towards uh, the Jack Bunnies, Matt, but they've been hit pretty hard and bet up to like minus nine at this point. So no wager on this game. Yeah, hey, it's why I'm taking first half as my best bet here. South Dakota State minus five translates to minus nine full game, which is where it sits now at most shops. Does feel high, but they just played, like I said, in February, talked about how they swept them in the regular season. That line closed minus seven at South Dakota. So a very moderate adjustment to uh, up to nine, just making that like two point swing. And I think we'd both, we'd all admit that the, uh, the summit home courts deserve a slightly uh, larger respect than that. So I guess from a price perspective, I actually think it's just still a bargain. Um, I've been low on South Dakota, even through this surge, even though they were awesome before they got Xavier Fuller back, they got Fuller back and they've still just continue it. I think this is a game where South Dakota state just makes a statement and runs them out of the gym. And I think if you're going to get that, um, it's more likely that you get that in the first 20 minutes um, where it's going to be hold. It's going to be harder for them to hold them off. I think in the second half. So first half minus five best bet. Boom. Yeah. Uh, South Dakota's a tough team. I'm actually kind of buying into them a little bit. They beat Oral Roberts. They beat UMKC the last two games. I'm kind of kicking myself. I didn't stick with my guns yesterday against UMKC, but alas, they're well coached. Um, South Dakota State won both these games easily, though, and they just have too much firepower. Not sure they're going to cover nine in tournament setting. We've talked about how Jim mentioned Omaha. Yeah, it's tough to beat a team by uh, tough to blow a team out, we'll say, in a tournament setting. So not sure about the full game. I like the first half angle map. Lean towards uh, the Jack Bunnies. Need them in my tournament, like I said. All right. Chat mob time. I already know the questions. There are none, but we only have two games to talk about. They're both in the Colonial. Let's start with Delaware Towson. Delaware has actually been hit pretty hard. It's down to four and a half now. I'd lean towards Delaware at the opener. I kind of lean towards still, but Jim, my worry is still Dylan Painter. 15 minutes played against Drexel. He's clearly not 100%. That matters a lot more against Towson. Yeah, I, Towson also might have lost Charles Thompson yesterday. He got banged up. Um, he's been awesome for them as an interior presence, both as a scorer and a rebounder. So that is worth keeping an eye on, whether he's able to go. Both teams could be down a key big man. Uh, I'm kind of leaning Towson, though. I, Delaware is is excellent and, and well-coached, but uh, I like what Towson has done with the way their guards can spread the court. Matt, adding the element of shooting has, has unlocked this Towson offense. We've said it multiple times on here. Um, 
I, I and they've, they've swept, they swept the regular season series. And I think that's more of a matchup thing than it was like a, uh, luck or, or a player availability kind of situation. So I'm leaning towards the Tigers against the market, which feels crazy, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, Delaware got ugly, ugly win to sneak by Drexel, who was four of 23 from downtown. Big reason why they're able to pull that game out with a hobble Dylan Painter. We talked about how his injury status is going to be pretty key. I just think they're a different team without him at his best. Um, so, I mean, honestly, under feels great here. Just I feel like Delaware has to win low, ugly scoring games. It's not a very deep team playing on the back-to-back. They don't really have, like I said, that interior punch with Painter that they can play inside out through. Um, but, I mean, if Towson gets hot, which we've seen them do, that could blow that up too. Uh, Kai, you agree the opener is too high. I agree with the money, but I'm not fading Towson. I love this team. Um, I think they're overvaluing the markets, but I still love this team, and I'm not going to bet against them in a conference tournament setting. I, I agree with Jim. They're a tough matchup for, for Delaware. Uh, yeah. They – they handled them easily. It, it just might be a tough team for them to play. Quick reminder that, yeah, last day or last Saturday of the season, they started a second half, like, makeup game down nine right. with 17 minutes left, and they won 40 to 19 over the final 19 or 18 minutes Thanks. it was. Like, that's how dominant Towson was in that game. Uh, all right, last game we'll hit, guys, is Charleston, UNC Wilmington. Maybe some are surprised to see Wilmington as a dog in this one, despite being the two-seed Matt and Charleston. The sixth seed, a very impressive win over Hofstra yesterday. Absolute domination. Are you surprised to see Charleston as a favorite? And who are you going with? Uh, I guess I'm a little surprised. I do have Charleston as a slight favorite, though. So I agree with the way the odds makers shaded the opener because a healthy John Meeks is a revelation for any team, but especially the one he plays on now. And he was a monster yesterday, like 22 points in the first half completely elevates the squad. And just you isolate the part of the season when he was healthy to start the year. Um, I know he had some injuries the middle, latter part of the season. Charleston was a covering machine, like for those first two months of the year. I think now you're seeing a re, uh, a resurrection of that version, Jim. So I would not be fading this Charleston team, even though we talk about how the UNC Wilmington narrative is truly a team of destiny, or so it feels that way. Yeah, I mean Wilmington yesterday they they got it done out of the, they got it out of the way early. They got down eighteen to four, got in their double digit hole as they do, and then they won by seventeen. Like that, that's. It's just a, a remarkable trend for them of get down double digits and win. Uh, so Charleston, don't come out too hot. You don't want to do that. Um, surprisingly, Meeks was like full strength for both these meetings, Kai, and UNC Wilmington still swept them with him playing 30 minutes plus. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of think Pat Kelsey in a tournament setting and, and no Trask crowd, the, the home court for UNC Wilmington, I'm leaning towards the Cougars despite getting swept. It feels like yesterday against Hofstra where Hofstra swept Charleston, and but, but uh, both were really close games, kind of the same way this Wilmington was, and, and Charleston actually got done in the rubber match or the, the third match. I mean, uh, so I'm I'm with the Cougars here, Kai, despite the fact that they are favored over the two seed. Yeah, I agree. I lean towards Charleston as well. That does it. Let's remind the folks of our best bets real quick. Mine was Fort Wayne plus two. Jim, uh, I had Gonzaga first half minus eight. And the under in the Sun Belt final, 132, Georgia State and Louisiana. Hunt around. Maybe there's, I, I think there's probably 132 and a half out there. But Bet Rivers, my boys, have 132. So, Matt, that's what I got. I got South Dakota State minus five first half. It's been bet up full game. So, chop off some of that steam with, I think, the first half, which is where they're more likely to extend their dominance, Kai, and keep uh, the Yotes at bay early in Sioux Falls. Jack Bunny's minus five first half. Boom. Perfect. Wonderful. Tomorrow, we're back at the same early time, 10 a.m. 
Central Standard Time. We'll see you then. Thanks to Bet Rivers. Thanks to Field of 68. Good luck with your bets today. See you tomorrow.